thing which uh, they've asked us to speak on to uh, share with you tonight is about uh, 2022. Uh, we come back to that. What are the questions that we really need to be asking? You'll never know what the answers are or the, what the most helpful answers are until you know what the most helpful questions are. So how do we plan and prepare for 2022? Coming out of two years of uh, lockdowns, uh, COVIDs, uh, be able to meet, not being able to meet, it's really been a tumultuous time for youth ministry. Some of the research which has gone on in the USA is saying that there, they're estimating that might be up to 80%, 80% that do not come back to church youth ministry. Um, in the UK, it's uh, much, much better than that. So it's been really interesting to try and see how people are looking in the future. But whenever we're looking at youth ministry, one of the most important things is to really realise and to try and work out the reality. One of the things that hit me a number of years ago is I was reading through the Gospels, and I like to do that every year. Uh, and and because there's, there's so often we, we live verse to verse, and you don't get the whole narrative, the whole story. But reading the Gospels through, you know, Matthew, then Mark, then Luke, then John. I was at Acts as well, because Acts is an extension of Luke. So um, uh, Luke wrote that to Theophilus, um, who might have been a person, or it might have just been those seeking after God, because that's what Theophilus means. So um, when you read it through, it's quite fascinating. It sort of things hit you when you get the big picture of that. And what hit me was most of what Jesus did in Jesus' ministry was to bring people to reality, reality of God, reality of what's going on around them, reality of the interpersonals and and uh, all the struggles that were going on. And, uh, and, and it's a great question to ask when you read a story about Jesus in the Gospels, ask what reality was Jesus trying to bring through at this point? And uh, um, uh, one of the key questions that we... Um, we're really needing to ask and do, to get things going is, is this whole question of how do, we, how do we see reality? Is what we're presenting to the young people we're trying to serve in youth ministry, the, uh, the, uh, the real God um, that empowers us by the Holy Spirit to come to know Jesus in the way of Jesus, to bring us to God into a deep relationship, or is it just a picture? Or an image of that. So one of the most important things is youth ministry is we're connecting young people with God to find a faith and to find how to follow Jesus. The point of becoming a Christian is not conversion. The point of becoming a Christian is learning to be a disciple and joining in, taking on the lifestyle and the ways of Jesus. So when we come into 2022, here are some of the questions that we think are going to be really important for us to look at. So, Karen, uh, it's about what are your strengths and gifts? So, first, um, that we need to focus on, and particularly when we've come out of a time of crisis, um, people are going to be feeling a little bit um, dislocated, um, and uh, they're, they're going to be probably sensitized to the negative a little bit more and so what's really important is to know what your strengths and gifts are uh, both you as a leader and in youth ministry 
So a couple of questions that help with knowing that is what do you do well and what's the best thing that you've ever done in your youth ministry? So the things that you know that you're good at are the things to sharpen, the things to do um, more fully and the things to do with your youth ministry. People will be looking for some familiarity and uh, the best place to find what you're going to be comfortable with in, in that is through your strengths and gifts because it's your strengths and gifts that God has given you. Um, God doesn't give us um, um, problems and deficits. Uh, God gives us strengths and gifts to use for the ministry that God has called us to. Well, the next question is, what do you get passionate about? Now, we, our passions are so much of what makes us us. Our passions often come out of, uh, yes, our strengths and, uh, and, and gifts, but also it's the sort of thing that just gets our juices going. It's what brings our spirit alive. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is uh, it, the Holy Spirit passions us for those things that God calls us to do. So one of the key questions I love asking people when I do a, a church consultation or I, I uh, do a youth ministry consultation is, how do you have deep fun together? You know, what are things, not just sort of the frivolous, oh, yeah, we play games or, you know, oh, yeah, we, we have good times just hanging out. It's what it's the deep things that kind of keeps you together that, that actually melds your passions together and what makes you cry. What makes you cry in the sense of what touches you deep inside? What touches you uh, uh, and, and, and enlivens your empathy? Empathy is one of the great gifts of God to actually help us uh, uh, reach out our heart towards those who are struggling or those who we would have great joy in just being with and doing things together. Most times that deep one comes in living out this kingdom of God, the ways that God wants us to live and to be. And then what makes you cry and what makes you angry? What are the sorts of things that really stir you up to the point that you want to do something? Not that you want to destroy, but you want to do something about. So what do you get passionate about? How do you have deep fun? What makes you cry? What makes you angry? Now, that can happen for you as a leader, but also... In the young people that you have and the families that you have uh, that are coming along uh, or connected in with this, um, how do they sort of, you know, have deep fun? What do they cry about? What gets them angry? So <laughs> the next question is to ask, who is God calling you to serve? And um, Jesus asked the question, who is your neighbour? Now, your neighbour doesn't have to be the person who lives next door to you although um, sometimes it might be that person. Um, we, we had, when it was opened up that you could have picnics with groups of five, there are three people that live next door to us. And so we had, we back onto a park. So one evening we went out in the park and had a picnic with our neighbors, which was absolutely fabulous. Um, so it might be your geographic neighbor, but who is it that God is calling you to serve? Who is it in your friends? your community. Um, it could be that you are, you're called uh, to an issue, people who are being 
um, uh, disadvantaged in some kind of way or needs some help. So who is God calling you to serve? Because after you love God, you must love your neighbour as you love yourself. And of course, uh, in uh, in the other gospel, uh, in in Luke's gospel, uh, a person asked Jesus, so "Who is my neighbour?" Um, Jesus says, "You got to love your neighbour." He said, "Well, who is my neighbour?" What was Jesus' response? As so often happened, Jesus' response was a story, and he tells a story about the good Samaritan, and says, "Who is my neighbour?" Well, it's not necessarily someone who looks like me, or even believes the things that I believe. Sometimes it's a person that we are really not sure about but that's the person persons or grouping that we are called not only just to love but also to serve and um, the next question is what's the entry points for the gospel not just the young people that are coming along to youth ministry but around your neighborhood around your community um, the places where you minister um, there are always entry points for the gospel and learning to see is also learning to see through the eyes of the spirit. Um, in 1 Corinthians 2, Paul talks about those who have the spirit understand spiritual things. Those who don't have the spirit can't understand spiritual things. Now, it's really interesting in the work that we do in the anti-slavery area because um, be slavery free is not a Christian organization, it's just full of Christians. Um, so when we're working with uh, people who don't have a faith, we use all the understandings of the kingdom of God. We put them in different language. But when we are talking to Christians and we have a number of church and mission organizations that are a part of, of uh, Be Slavery Free, then we actually can talk at that level, which is a spiritual level. So one of the things we learn to see is through the eyes of the spirit, which is called discernment. How do we discern the reality and what in this person's life is an entry point for the gospel? An entry point might be an opportunity that happens. It might be through COVID, they felt really isolated. It might be that they've been struggling with some uh, mental health struggles. Uh, and the entry point there is to help them to go through a healing and wholeness uh, from that. It might be that they've been incredibly lonely. It is to create a fellowship and relationships to do that that becomes an entry point for the gospel it's interesting to watch jesus i just find it so helpful to go back and look at jesus because jesus really understood people he could see deep into their spirit at times the first thing he did was to heal them and healing was often a very important part of the evangelism that jesus did other times they're being put down and so he stuck up for them. He protected them. Other times, people were playing power games. And Jesus named it and named what was happening. Uh, and so there are different ministries that we are able to have with people, both in our youth ministry that come along to it, and also in the communities where we're called to serve. And so it's really important to know your local cultures, to know what's going on um, in the life of uh, the school life of um, the people or the work life or the family life or the community life or the supporting life sporting life so that you actually know what the entry points of the gospel might be and what events have happened COVID's an obvious one but there have been other things around this uh, that people have been really confused by 
they may have had someone die uh, as a part of COVID. It might well be that there's been some struggles, some family breakups, et cetera. It's important to know what these events are, to know that these are a chance for ministry to happen and for the good news, for the gospel, to be able to break into their lives. And then what are the networks that are around that you can also come to understand, to know how to find these entry points that are so often around there just opportunities for us to be able to share Jesus with people. What are you known for in your community or what would you like to be known for in your community? Do you want to be the place where people can find friendship? Do you want to be the place where it doesn't matter who you are or what you do, you're accepted? Um, or how will you build that kind of reputation? When I do consultations with, um, very often I'll go and talk to a member of parliament or councillor or whatever, and I can tell how connected uh, the church is, depending on whether those people know what's going in the local community. What's one gift of mission that you can share? Um, uh, what's something that we could do? Uh, when most people join us, how can we build mission around this connection that we have with them? It might be about taking an action. It might be about uh, something that you can do together. And something which is probably even more important, going to come to in tick is, is it just your youth ministry or are there other youth ministries around that you might join together and actually do something quite significant in the community, um, you know, or, or, or something which uh, is going to make a difference uh, in the world to actually change the world. This is what gives meaning to your youth ministry, continuing this mission of Jesus in the world. Uh, what sort of future do you really want in your youth ministry and how are you going to develop and build that? And probably the most important question for that is uh, how do we share God's generosity? So we have many things that God has given us that we can be incredibly grateful for. And one of the really important things is to find the way to be generous with that. Um, people very much focused on scarcity, what they didn't have, what they were going to run out of, hence the toilet paper. Um, uh, um, what would you call that? Fiasco. Fiasco <laughs> um, that happened during COVID. So how is it that we share the generosity that God has given to us and the other one is, who can we partner with in 2022? I love the story of Jesus calling Peter, James, and John. He, he goes, he says, push out into the water. And so they do that. And uh, they say, oh, okay, we've been fishing all night, but we didn't catch anything. But, oh, hey, you're the rabbi already. So uh, Jesus does not give them new nets, new fishing techniques. They push out into the deep water, which has always been the risky place in the Bible. The deep waters are always where monsters were and where bad things happened. And uh, they threw the nets over and the haul was so, of fish was so great. It was straining the nets partners in the other boats to come help them. And they, they filled both boats, nearly swamping them with a catch. I love that story. Because one of the things we need to work on and understand is who are the partners that are there with us? It might be other churches. It might be even people in the community. We were doing youth ministry in Tasmania. We used to run camps where we tried to have a third that were from core church Christian kids. 
a third that kind of fringe, and a third that totally non-church. They were it was quite intentional um, because uh, what we tried to do was equip the Christians, young Christians, to learn how to minister, how to mission, how to share with uh, those that had no church background whatsoever. Those who are on the fringe just looked to see who was winning, and whoever was winning, they joined in with. So we made Christians that did that. What happened in that process was that we were able to help so many kids come to faith, so much so that we actually had to plant a youth church because so many people were coming to faith and did not fit into the established churches that were there. Uh, eventually, it grew up and it didn't need to operate anymore because the other churches had changed enough for them to be able to be fed into. But one of the key things in this was to realise that there were partners in the community. The social workers that would send these non-church kids to a camp said, we don't know what you do. We don't want to know what you do. These kids just come back totally changed because you are able to help them to experience another way of living, another way of understanding life. These were not Christians. So often there are community partners that we can look to uh, as well with a key question is the what, the who, what, how and when of your youth ministry are you called to uh, who, who are you called to serve in your youth ministry uh, what are the outcomes that you're looking for in your youth ministry in 2022 and how will you do that what's your strategy what's your plan to be able to serve those people through those ways and when will you start so they are key questions that we think are really, really important as we come into 2022. Uh, these are uncharted waters. We've not been here before. And time to experiment, to pivot, to try things out, test things through uh, as we pray and seek God out to try and know what it is that God might be calling us to do and who God might be calling us to serve. Pastoral ministry and how you do your past ministry is one of the most important questions because there's going to be a lot of mental health effects that young people will have experienced because of the, the, the COVID realities. And uh, it's about rebuilding community. How will you do that? How, how will you help them to actually hear the gospel of Jesus? How do we empower with the Holy Spirit to actually know um, the ways that are going to give them life and real life with meaning, purpose, hope, and, uh, and uh, a community, uh, a faith family to share it with. 